On a world spinning its way to damnation amidst the fear and despair of a broken human race, who's left to fight for what's good and pure? Handkerchief Dynasty, the world's first and only water-resistant podcast. I am your secret professor, joined by my good friend and just wise man overall, the High Priest of Oilers Magic. How are you, High Priest? I'm okay. You know, I, I, I think we should point out that you're actually in possession of some of the holiest sacks in Christendom. You know, when I compare your sack to stuff, the, you know, sacks such as the uh, sack of Antioch, the sack of York. Yeah. It's like there's no comparison, uh-huh. really. It just it, it just glistens with, with holy energies. My sack? Yeah. Just wanted to let you know. Um, tough loss to the Minnesota Wild tonight. Uh, I feel as though we played better five on five than we have the last couple of games, but probably only marginally. And then the, the special teams just seem to have abandoned us a little bit. It feels like a little bit like, Hey, work on five on five. And then we forget about special teams. And then maybe in a few games, we'll be able to do both at once. Um, also apparently Minnesota has all these score, like score first, like on the first shot shooters, apparently they were oh, just yeah. scoring goals uh, with a plum tonight with a Minnesota's- plum and a plenty. Minnesota's a really good team. But, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess we played better five-on-five. Like, it was a pretty, like, shitty game to watch, I'd say. Like, the Oilers didn't seem to have, like, uh, I'm not seeing a lot of, like, (laughs) kind of. uh, Moxie? Joie de vivre, Moxie. The joie de vivre is really low. Yeah, it's at a low ebb right now, the joie de vivre. So, and I think that, like, um, in situations like like this, this is when we're going to see a guy like Zach Hyman really sort of, like, shine. Like, mm. if Zach Hyman is, and he has been so far, if he is as advertised, mm-hmm. then, then we're about to w- enter the Hyman zone. Mm. And, you know what I mean? Like, I think... Um, because the Oilers don't really seem to have that. They don't seem to have a lot of like, uh, I don't know, spirit or anything. Like the third line. See, typically to me, um, in my very rudimentary uh, hierarchy of, of what comes from where on a roster, the third line is like what I'd call sort of like the uh, the line that generates energy. Right? Mm, mm, you want yeah. them to generate the energy and then the top lines feed off that energy the top two lines and the fourth line is just kind of for like you know kind of like here and there mm. you know they're not really doing much of anything really yeah they're just the stuff you mix in with the plaster i mean i feel as though yeah you know, we had a strong just- we had a strong start the third line was looking good to start third lines had some changes in personnel and like lately that third line has been just kind of like where our hopes and dreams go to die. Like, I feel as though if, if we can't get a third line cobbled together that can move things the right way, it's, it does not bode well for us. And I'm, I'm liking the play of some of the people on there, you know, like I'm, I'm still, yeah. I'm still fairly bullish on Fogel, although he obviously could yeah, put, put the puck know. in the net a little bit here. I'm not bullish at all on casting, although he's on the fourth line, of course, tonight. But Ryan McLeod, I think, has shown well. In fact, I'm yeah. at the point now where I kind of wish we had 
someone else to try in that spot so we could maybe try McLeod on the wing on one of the top two lines because the play does not seem to die with him that often and he's got offensive instincts and skill am I crazy yeah you're a little bit crazy I think fair enough yeah so there's no there's no Ryan McLeod in the Hyman zone no I think he could be yeah what do you mean by that I think I think uh Ryan McLeod will be definitely be in the Hyman zone. They'll all be in the Hyman zone while it's happening. But um, I was also thinking, since you mentioned Ryan McLeod, that like mm-hmm. the Oilers, there's a certain type of player that each team has, and I'm talking about like your, um, your Matthew Kachuk type of player. Mm. Your um, what's the guy on Anaheim has a guy named like. Dylan McTavish or something like that. He's mm-hmm. like that. Minnesota has like Kaprizov is kind of like that in mind. It's very offensively talented, but it's also like it's it's like some sort of like Boolean charm, some sort of like almost like a, a Cupid-like character, like a baby, like mm. a big baby, a cherub. Kind I of guess a cher- we have a cherubic no, well, we vibe. That. We have like Puli Armies. Well, he's kind of like he's got that, cherubic though. energy for sure. He does. Like you could definitely yeah, see does. him shooting an arrow yeah. into someone with a smile on his face, you know, a little bit of like he, not a naughty look. He's not the type of guy that takes, can take over a game in the way that's necessary to sort of like keep things moving quickly. You know what I mean? Mm. Like that's so hard to describe, but it's a problem like the Oilers have had, I think for a while where they sort of Castian was that guy, but he hasn't been that guy for so long. So long. And I think we really need that that type of guy mm, for yeah. these types of situations. That's what I'm saying. So maybe, hopefully, if Hyman is as advertised, this is when he'll be like, okay, like I see what's needed here. I will provide it. You know mm. what I mean? Mm. Is there That's- any way? Is there any like line shifting or combinations that you're dying to see that you think might help shake things up? Like, I mean, the coaching staff has to be looking at mixing things up a little bit you know they, they haven't yeah, been afraid to try you know what? i think like yeah i'm not sure exactly what it is i think there's some guys that are like yeah i don't know like what are we going to do with with cassie you know what i mean yeah cassian's like, on the trade bait board right now no question if, really someone, if someone wants him and i don't know if we can carry i don't know if we're going to get that cassian type that we need while having the 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 like the, the shell of Cassian currently on the roster. Yeah. I mean, which isn't to say he's like our worst forward or anything. Like we've got plenty of guys in the running for our worst forward. You know, I know. Perlini he's was on waivers like, today. Yeah. I Devin know. Shore drew, drew in as though that was going to make some kind of huge difference. But like Cassian was kind of, um, that's was supposed, that's his role, right? Like if he scored a couple goals here and they're like, okay, but like, you can't just think you're that and totally stop doing the, the other part that kind of allowed you to only score a couple goals and yeah. have a career in the NHL. And I feel as though, and I've given this guy like um, a lot of rope. Like I was so, I was always saying like, wait and see, right? Wait and see. I want to see him play when he has uh, a building to play. Exactly. In. Yeah. I was and, saying that. And, and he's I had that like, for like 25 yeah. games. Yeah. And I'm still like, I haven't seen, like just like when there was no nobody in the building, he'd score a couple goals, right? Here and there. 
and you'd mm. be like, huh, like, yeah. But then you were kept waiting for something to come of that to manifest. Yeah. And like, it, it never did. Like his, I don't know. I don't know. I think like he's sort of like, uh, you know, and I hate to begrudge the evolution of a human being or a player, but I feel as though that part of his game, he's sort of like abandoned, you know, mm. to, to, to his, to his professional detriment. I yeah. Believe, you know, yeah. that's what I'm saying. So it feels a little bit harsh, but like, and he's... I don't know if like, if you can get that back or if it's just, but it sucks. It really sucks for the team. Yeah. Because they don't really have another guy who's that was that guy's job. And you know, maybe like, maybe Archibald was also that guy. Maybe. Yeah, that's a good point. Who we don't maybe, have. We also don't and have we might have, we might get him back at some point. I mean, I also think like in terms of his oiler career, Cassian has shown that he's somewhat more reliant on playing with good players to put up uh, any kind of like offensive like let alone like forget points, just offensive chances. So yeah, he can yeah. go and play with McDavid for a game or two and like look okay, but not in a sustained way. There's never been a good fit for him on the second line. And there's not, there's not players on our third line right now that can help elevate him. You know, like he's, he's being looked to, to help elevate other guys in the bottom six now, but we just don't have the pieces, you know, like we definitely, you know, I, I honestly think we're in need of a little bit of an injection here one way or another, whether that turns yeah. out to be a Holloway whether that turns out to be a trade, whether that turns out to be a returning player from injury who turns it on, you know, Mike Smith coming back and playing well right now would really make a big difference for this team. I'm getting a little, a little bit sick of, of Miko at this point. Like, I'm, I'm sorry, but like giving up the goal of that early goal, it's just, it's, it's just getting ridiculous at this point. I mean, yes, it's on the entire team. It's been, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I was a little surprised actually that he got the start tonight. It was me that game Skinner played against the Jets looms large in my mind when I'm making goaltending decisions. If the other goalie is Miko Koskin, I'm like, I don't know. I was a little surprised he got the start. Yeah. Because uh, he just played the last game and like, eh, you know. Yeah. And, you know, we still have Keith out. We still have CC out. I think totally. the, def- the, the defense well, is a bit of an issue a little bit. Absolutely. Still, you know. But at the same time, I, I feel as though there's there's something going on beyond just that. To the I think I think other players, other other teams are scouting us a lot better now. I think they yep. have a more of an established game plan. They can look and see some of the ways that teams have beat us. Um, yep. You know, it's like LA is like a perfect model in a way. Although totally. of course, you know, they had to get a. Uh, so is Minnesota. Yeah, very felt very similar. Yeah, those two games. Um, and what uh, really what what what, what gives me just like the beginning of uh feeling perturbed no. just on I'm, I'm adjacent to perturbed is the fact that you know we ha- actually have a lot of games remaining for the rest of the month here it's not as though well yeah there's like a soft schedule where we're gonna the team's gonna have to be relied upon to go out there basically like once every two yeah. nights and play a solid hockey game and you know yeah. given given the struggles with uh, slow starts given the struggles with yeah. possession our power play is like actually been really really bad for a few games now yeah, it'll heat is... up it'll heat up don't worry it's a long season the yeah. team is still 16 and 8 and there's a reason they're 16 and 8 like let's not you can't i mean the team is still a great hockey team right they're still a great team they're 16 and 8 like 
they I'd just say that, beat the Pittsburgh Penguins, right? Like a couple games ago, they've lost three games in a row. Teams are going to lose three games in a row. Good, good teams are going to lose three games in a row. Like it happens. Like you said, they also have a ton of guys out right now. Like it sucks. Yeah. So, and I like the way that you said an injection because I believe they need an injection too. And I think it can come from within the organization mm. or like, I think they have the tools to provide an injection without a subtraction. You mm. know what I mean? Well, even, even something as simple as like saying Neba line and getting in a wicked scrap, you know, like yeah, stuff exactly. like this, an, an event like that can help turn things around exactly. and bring back some of that Jabba de Vive, that kind of really tight, close knit team energy that we were enjoying well, up until I think, recently. I think too, a team with superstars on it, to me, in my mind, it's like simple mathematics that that team will play better with a little bit of swagger. Right. So the Oilers need to be able to generate that swagger mm. to provide their superstars with ample amounts at all times. Like when Connor McDavid tried that lacrosse goal tonight. Totally. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's out there. That's this, what he is trying to do is to blow the minds of 18,000 people all at once mm, to make mm. them make that like crazy ass sound when everyone's like, Oh, like mm, it's yeah. crazy. That's what he's trying to do. So the rest of the team has to be able to provide him with the mojo to get to that point where it's like, bah! and he like, you know what I mean? Like it has to, it all, it's the ultimate team game, right? So it all flows to Connor, but they have to be able to like move it there. And I, they didn't, don't seem to like, I don't know, man. It's like, it feels like the rest of the team is waiting for those two guys to do something. Well, that's At what I, times I, it feels like. That. I'm constantly wondering if that's the kiss of death for our bottom six and that they're the only bottom six in the NHL that has those guys on their team. And most Knights so. can basically say, oh, you know what? I yeah. like that. They're, they're, they're going to probably score. They're a threat to score. And that's why they get just fucking like just turfed by every yeah, single fucking like other bottom six out there who apparently just don't have that same attitude. I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the issue is. Like, yeah. I think a lot of it is like our bottom six is it needs some sort of an injection, a wake up call. Yeah. Or well, or like, you know what I mean? Derek Ryan to figure it out. Like I was convinced Oof. Derek Ryan was going to be an answer. Oh like my what God. the, where the Derek fuck is Ryan, like, they're putting out MIM like missing persons reports on the guy. When Derek Ryan got picked off by Kaprizov in like the last two minutes when Kaprizov just like stole it from him at center ice, like yeah. came up from behind him. It was like, Bow. yeah. Picked and his pocket. Ne- Ryan had like no idea. You know, he was just like <sighs> cruising up through center ice, like man. Well, and he had great positional play to start the year. You know, he seemed he like a, a really heavy to, player. Yeah. Well, the third every line that he played on, those guys to me at the beginning of the year, they were something going on there. And it's yeah. completely disappeared. Yeah. And I mean uh, I'm I'm not surprised. Like I want Fogel to turn it around too. But to me, frankly, like, eh, I don't know, man, like not a whole lot. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, he's, he's slumping a little bit right now. I think he's got like eight points in 23 games overall, which doesn't look well, like horrible, but it, he's, no, he's, but he's been, mean, he's been fighting it for a little while and he's not looked, I still, I still think he makes Cassian look fucking like, I think he's way better than Cassian right now, which is not a good thing per se. I just se. think like they're not really bringing 
I mean, if, if you're on a line that can generate like eight points in 23 games, like you have to be, I don't know. They're just like not, they've had moments, I suppose, but they don't really play tenaciously. Like they're just kind of not bringing it. They're not bringing the energy that is needed to fuel the top two lines. Right. It's just not happening. Like it's just dying past our top two lines, but whatever, like I'm not at the same time, this team is have, they have the record that they have for a reason. Like dry said today, it was like, well, you know, we have this record, like we don't suck. You know what I mean? Like Mm. this is a long season where we'll fix this. And I think they can fix it internally. Like they know what they have to get back to. They just haven't been there for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, It's, it's frustrating because I feel as though, you know, our, our overall organizational depth did take a step forward this year. I feel as though we have more options in the top six. We've got totally. st- players who are stronger on the puck. Our cycle game's improved. Our four-check game has improved. Our battle yes. level has improved. I mean, don't look at the last yeah. few games, but overall. Yeah, yeah, right. But we've kind yeah. of reached the point where that 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 Maginot line between the top six and the bottom six, it's like, oh, man. when you Every, every day before the game now, I look at that bottom six, and I'm like, oh, man. I just I'm not feeling good about that bottom six. And that's that's a problem. Like, that's kind of where the, where the Oilers have been at in the recent past. And I, I'm starting to think like, until we can get a third line, that's got bringing some fucking juice to the table. Juice. Um, our season, you know, it, we're going to, we're going to struggle. It's going to be a little bit of an uphill battle. No question. Yeah. But I really don't know. Yeah. I'm not sure how to fix it. I mean, I think, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I think they're going to, I think something is going to happen. Right. The, the thing is, like you said, they have the organizational depth to do something, you know what Mm. I mean? To solve it within the organization. Like, I don't think we have to blow this thing up to, uh, to fix the problem. Like I'd almost try like a Cassie and Ryan Fogel line. And then on the fourth line, just play the kids play uh, Marodi and McLeod and Benson all together. Cause like, they're only going to play fucking eight minutes. I mean, how bad could it be? I really, I really think they need to think a little bit outside the box right now because, yeah, me too. I totally because agree. like the di- the dynamite line, yeah, okay, maybe, and then McDavid's line, yeah, sure, of course, yeah. but I don't, I'm not necessarily married to those those configurations right now, like at all, yeah. at all. I, I'm I'm willing to stick with them. I mean, those guys have uh, put up like amazing numbers, right? So mm. yeah, but I mean, something like let's say. Try Nuge with uh, with McDavid again, and then have Drysaddle with uh, with Hyman and Pulyarvi or something like that. Like that's never been tried. Like why the fuck not? Yeah. At this point, this is what you try in losing streaks. No, I don't think so. I don't think you go there when your team is sixteen and eight and you've lost three games in a row. Like I don't think you need to start doing that yet. Mm. I get what you're saying, and that's a way to go. But if it was me. I mean, I don't think I'd try scrambling my top two lines to fix this problem. Mm. I would try doing something with my bottom two lines to fix the problem. First. Yeah, but I mean, we're but we're we're we like we basically need to manufacture another center out of whole cloth for that for that bottom six to have any juice. You know? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I think maybe like your idea, like something outside the box, like with letting the three young guys play together, like that could be, you know, something like that. Something like, like that. In, yeah. Yeah, I think that's good. I think that's good. I think something like that 
has to be them. Like they call somebody. I think putting Perlini, like Perlini and Shore, that was kind of like that's what that was supposed to do, right? Mm. But like, I don't know. Didn't really. Did you even notice Devin Shore at a single point? I noticed this game? him like no. <laughs> I saw him on the bench. I remember seeing him on the bench. Yeah, I was like, yeah, too. there he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't know, but it's got to be something to me from those. I would start there. Because there's nothing really you can do about goaltending. I would have given Skinner the start, but I mean, at the end of the day, it's Koskinen and Skinner. Yeah. The defense, same thing. You're kind of up against it, but like um, something on the bottom two lines, you know, I think you could do something there. Mm. Um, in other news, I mean, you know, we are getting to see a little bit of a showcase for some of the younger organizational depth. Oh, that's kind of funny. So, yeah, Broberg, his last five games is just a minus one, steady, steady minus one every single game. Personally, though, like, uh, I mean, I, I know he's probably already going back down to Baco uh, for more seasoning, but I, I enjoy seeing him play. Like, I think he's a fun player to watch. Um, I think he's, he moves the puck really well. Um, I just I'm enjoying checking out a little just a little taste of Broberg right now. And I'm definitely cheering like Halford Nimalainen who's uh, making a pretty decent case for himself to get more in consideration in that bottom pairing. Like he's just, he's so big, he's got such a physical game and he doesn't really have that many glaring weaknesses. Um, yeah. Although of course he's getting burned a little bit here and there. I mean, yeah, but I, like who is it? Yeah, man, we were dying to get CC back though. Holy crap. Yeah, and like, okay. to be honest, like this is the, what we're seeing right now to a certain extent, I think is why organizations do things like sign a CC and, and acquire a Keith yeah. and stack up that veteran depth because, you know, uh, as much as they may, I mean, Keith probably struggles more than CC. Uh, there's like a steadiness, I think that is just apparent, you know, in, in the games where those guys are suiting up versus what we're seeing right now. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. And that's it to me. Yeah. That's exactly why we got those guys. Yeah. Yeah, it sucks. And like, yeah, but I don't know. They're just like, ugh. Yeah. What's your, what's your 16 and eight? Like the, the team's still, still great. Like I'm not at all concerned. Like, I don't know. At what point will I be concerned when it's like 16 and 13? I think I'll start to be like, oh my God. That's the thing. Like all the people on uh, on Twitter right now are just like, "Oh, are the, are the look, but our record's good, guys. Going to finally admit we're in trouble. You're going to finally admit, like, yeah, sure. Like we're we're experiencing like a little bit of yeah. turbulence, you know. Yeah, I'm not going to admit it. Our record is 16 or eight. Is like, yeah. I mean, we do have as many losses in December so far as we had all November long, and like really, again, my main concern is the schedule being really packed the next little bit. You know, next game is yeah. against Boston. Then we face Carolina, Toronto, and Columbus to round out this homestand. Yeah. And then, you know, the fall, like six of the following seven games are on the road. There's definitely some tough competition in those games. Yeah, uh, the Oilers are really tough competition. The yeah. Oilers, aren't, you know, I don't know. We'll be, they'll be fine. What's your faith level in, in, in Coach Dave Tippett right now? Because some people are really starting to get, get on the fire Tippett train, which I think is obviously definitely premature. But uh, to a certain extent, like how, like for, say, for example, the slow starts, how much of that is on yeah. the coach, would you say? I don't know. Like, I don't. <laughs> it's kind of hard to attribute it, right? Well, I mean, like, do you think the coach goes in there and is like, come on, guys, like, let's fucking go. Woo! 
Like, come on, I brought you guys Tim Hortons. I think Rocky Thompson used to do that. Yeah, in the AHL. Yeah, I don't know, man. I think it's like everybody shows up and puts their skates on. The coach pokes his head on. He's like, you guys uh, ready to go tonight? Uh, Do you fill out the lineup card? Is everything okay? Then he's like, I'm going to go get a coffee. And then he leaves. And then, like, you see him on the bench and he's like, let's go. You know, like, I don't know how much of it is coming from the guy who's not playing the game. Ultimately. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Do you think that's like a thing? Like Dave to like, and also slow starts. Like the, the way people are talking, they talk about it as though slow starts haven't been an Oilers problem for like 20 years. Like the Oilers <laughs> constantly, like for years, you know, how, how the, the entire run of this podcast and years prior to that, basically my entire life, it's like the Oilers have been like come out just like so slow, you mm. know. And the other teams like fired up, like yeah, this is pro hockey, like let's go. And the Oilers are like not there at all, like mm. visibly not at all, even approaching the same sort of level as intensity as the other teams. Well, they're psyched up because they're playing the Oilers, but like, what do the Oilers have to psych them up? You know, <laughs> like they're they're just like, oh yeah, we'll work great, yeah, we'll win eventually, we'll get there. It's not as though they're psyched up to play the Minnesota Wild. Yeah, that's really. such a good point. Like, but I think generally, that's a great point you make. Generally, is when other teams play the Oilers, they're super psyched up at any point, right? Even yeah. 20 years ago, because it's the mystique of the Oilers. Like, you know, this is Gretzky's team. Like, you're going to kick the shit out of these guys. Yeah. Beat the Oilers, right? Yeah. yeah. But the Oilers are like going up again. Like, they're like, well, we're playing like Pittsburgh. Like, I don't know. Edmonton's obviously like way better than Pittsburgh historically. Like our franchise rules, your franchise sucks. And like, they just can't, it's very like the odds are stacked against them. So I think the slow starts, like that's the, yeah, I don't know. I don't think it's a Dave Tippett problem is what I'm saying. So I think like even like, I don't know. And get who like the guy from Bakersfield comes up and just like, takes over the job of a coach that's 16 and eight and's lost three games in a row. Yeah. I don't know. It's pure insanity. I mean, I'd be shocked. I'd be shocked if Ken Holland wasn't racking his brain and thinking, trying to cook up some trades. I mean, it's obviously like not really trading season yet. We've had what, like seven trades since the start of October, only one of them being of any significance. And that was the blockbuster Eichel trade. But like, as we round out December, if we continue to have some of the struggles we're having right now through the rest of this month, if, if Kenny Holland is not burning up that phone line, looking for a veteran, like third line center, for example, I'd be shocked. Really? Yeah. Yeah. What would you say? Would you say if this trend we're on right now keeps up, say more losses than wins through the month of December, would you say you would be expecting a trade before the all-star break? Yeah, I think so. Wow. Crazy. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's more of a wish and a hope and a prayer. Um, but we, we still need more depth at really like all positions, ultimately, mostly at forward, I would say. Um, and well, maybe a depth, goaltending. But like, depth, the I'm guys just, just not bringing it. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, how, how many times have we asked that question? Is it the depth of the guys just not bringing it? At a certain point, though, dude, like, I think we need to say, okay. Tyler Benson, 11 games, no points. Brenda Perlini, 13, no points. Colton Sevier, 14 games, one point. Derek Ryan, one yeah. goal in 20 games. Devin Shore, two sucked. points in eight games. Kyle Turris, two points in 15. 
I mean, like, you know, Yamamoto oh, he, gets a full like, pass. He only has six points of 23. Like, I'd say he's the one guy out of that group that I, I would not say we can do better. We can just do better. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying, too. I'm saying those guys aren't contributing at all. Like, they're not making their – there's a lot of ways you can affect a game as a third liner, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they're not doing, like, any of the ways. None of yeah. them. It's like yeah. when they're on the ice, there's literally nothing going on. They yeah. might cycle the puck a few times in the offensive zone. Like, well, that's sure. what we had earlier in the season with the third yeah, line. They were like, cycling like crazy. Do, but you have to do more than that. Yeah. Like, cycling, I mean, like, yeah. I'd settle for cycling know. in the fucking offensive zone right yeah, now. That'd right. be great. I would, I would too. But I don't think they were doing it. Like when you say, like they might've had like two or three games where they ran a couple like good cycle plays in the zone. But like, I don't know. They're just like not doing anything at all. So yeah. to me, it's more of, yeah, but like, I don't know. Like, I don't know if it just, it seems like something's not, getting through like there's something good they don't understand but i don't think it's coaching like i'm not sure what the problem is hmm. i feel I as though there i mean the the oilers and this this would apply to a lot of teams but i'd say we've had good goaltending overall but like man what this how how, how different would this team look with a, a goaltender that could push to be great you know Amazing. psychologically i think that would make a huge difference as well oh my gosh well did you hear who was on Reed's show and somebody said Carey Price for Dylan Holloway? Perfect. I would do that trade in a second. Mm, mm, a mm. second. Man, Montreal's a tire fire right now. Holy shit. There's a few tire fires. So is uh, Vancouver. Yeah, they got, they got Boudreaux now. Every, everything's great, though. They got Boudreaux. Well, it is great. They, like, they fired the GM. It's going to be the first time in a long time where I'll open up Twitter and not see a fire bending hashtag. Because, like, that's been a steady, like, sensory input for many, many, many years now. Actually, speaking of around the league, really scary hit on Jujar today, oh my gosh, tonight in Chicago. Like, just praying for, like, him to be okay. It was just, uh, He's got to stop. He's got to stop. Like, that's too many. Tonight looked to me like the worst one of them all. Yeah. Like, he was out, out. That was a scary hit. And yeah. a solid, like, but he's just like, that's too many. He can't keep playing. Jujar. Hang him up. Just go to the movies like all day, every day for the rest of your life. Mm. You know what I'm saying? You yeah. probably made enough money that for the rest of your life, you could just go to the movies all day long, like buy snacks. That could be it. You should just do that at this point. He's earned it. Non-stop. Yeah, man. Your health has to come. Your health has to come yeah. first. Oh my gosh! Are you kidding me? Absolutely. It is interesting, though, this little losing streak. It's kind of like reactivated all of my neurons that uh, were like heavily taxed and, and exercised in previous years where it's like, I'm just a little bit, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to the game. It's going to be fun. But like the dread is just starting to creep in just a oh tiny, tiny gosh. bit under the fingernails. The D word? Just That's a the bit. the first mention of the D word this season. That's true, actually. That is the first mention of the D word this season. Come I'm sorry. On. But you're a man of faith. I'm a man of skepticism. What can I say? What can I say? I'm the secret professor. I changed my Twitter tag to the secret professor based on your lawyerly advice. Yeah, that's true. By the way, lawyerly, one of my all-time favorite adjectives. Yeah, lawyerly is yeah, a good one. Jur- and, and, and then one of my favorite nouns is jurist. I feel as though if you're using the word jurist in a, in a sentence, you're, you're operating at a very, very high level and probably obfuscating some horrible criminal shit too in yeah. some form or another. 
right? Yeah, we got to trade Cassian. We got to get some kind of injection from within or without. I don't know if it's a team meeting. You know, Nuge was talking about how they had yeah, to have a team meeting and work it out internally too. Um, really? Yeah, yeah. The, like, I can't remember if it was either against the LA. Game? I think it was against the LA game. He said, you got to work it out in the room. I mean, there's that aspect wow. too, you know, of the team coming together. Well, I and, think so. That's part of what, what I'm saying. Like that yeah. game that um, the Jets played against the Maple Leafs the other night, it was just a total brouhaha by the end of it. Like the rails just completely went off the game in the third period. And Spezza got suspended for like six games for kneeing Pionk. But things like that bring a team together. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and you can't, that's so difficult to manufacture stuff like that. And typically it's supposed to come in the best case scenario from like your bottom six. Mm. You know what I mean? Like that's mm. their role. That's how they best um, affect the game. Generally speaking, generally speaking. I mean, those guys, yeah. Those guys you know in the I mean? bottom six, they're reliant on systems play and stuff. I worry at times like this because there's such a dearth of time for practicing. Like how yeah. many practices are they always going to be able to get in, in the next month? Like not very many, if at all. And I feel like stuff like that, when the schedule really tightens up, can, can kind of extend some of these problems because you have fewer and fewer chances to kind of recalibrate Um you know, go back maybe. to the tool shed and sharpen things up a little bit. Like maybe, but the opposite. We've got a young team still. The opposite could be true. Maybe they'll just go back to like muscle memory. You know what I mean? Like they'll have no time to sort of think about it. Because sometimes like when you're practicing, I mean, there's good practice and bad practice, right? And sometimes like if you're in the middle of a losing streak and having too many bad practices, it's probably, yeah, that's not, true. It's probably not helping. Maybe it's better just to keep like getting into a game situation, working it out in real time and getting the team to coalesce from, you know, from that, like just the trial by fire itself will be the brouhaha that is needed to kind of um, take the cork out of the bottle here. Mm. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Maybe a really raucous Christmas party, but I mean, that's not for a little while here, boys. We maybe like a, a raucous Hanukkah. Yeah, I don't know. A Christmas party seems like not something I like. I don't know. I hope that isn't like uh, what's coming next for this team. Christmas party. I hope they have a uh, safe, fun, fun, but a little bit, uh, you know, not raucous. Not unless they string a few wins together here going into Christmas. Well, they are going to be on the road for uh, for Christmas, I think. Oh, yeah. and, although I They've imagine a really good road team. Uh, yeah, we've been pretty good. Well, hold on. Their last game, they have, they 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 play on the twenty third in San Jose, so they'll probably fly home for Christmas. Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they play Calgary on the twenty seventh. Man, that's a game you're going to circle on your calendar. That Calgary oh versus Edmonton game on the twenty seventh. That's going to be must see TV for sure. The Calgary um, Flames are a really good hockey team. Pains it's me true. To say it. Pains me to say it, and I don't understand it. And the answers that I I tell myself for the reasons, the reason it's happening frightened me. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's a little bit disturbing. Um, I haven't actually really like watched them, but uh, obviously their record speaks for itself and Markstrom's playing great. And they're playing by all reports, really solid Daryl Sutter brand hockey, which- oh, Daryl Sutter brand hockey. 
Yeah. The worst. Like you couldn't, you couldn't even get that anywhere. It was like sold out everywhere. You had to go to like a, a farm supply store to find that shit. And then like, not even every farm supply store would have it only like the weird ones well, that were in a chain that were like family run businesses that had like kept yeah. all the old stock around, you yeah, know, drinking like was... tiny stubby beers and yeah. Like production had ceased on Daryl yeah. Sutter brand hockey. Yeah. Well, it'd been and discontinued then, like, for safety reasons for years. Discontinued. And then Calgary brought it back. Of course they would. <sighs> Yeah, of course they would. It's so, I mean, for as, you know, as awful as it is watching them win, like, every single night, like, the Flames just racking up wins, like, enough that you're noticing how many wins they're putting together, you know what I mean? Mm. It's great having, as as Edmonton Oilers fans, it's so great having, like, a, a rival that is the antithesis of, like, everything that we love about ourselves. We got, like, eight games before we play them, and I don't know if that, don't think anyone is thinking about those games one-tenth as much as that game against Calgary. Like, we're looking so forward oh, to that. Absolutely. It is amazing, though, when you think about the quick turnaround, because it wasn't that long ago that the Calgary Flames, you know, held the dubious honor of, of having the biggest piece of shit head coach in the league, whatever his name was, the racist guy. Oh, yeah, Bill Peters or something? Bill Peters, that's right. Um, yeah. And then that's just been superseded like multiple times over now. So like, you're not even thinking about it anymore. Really? Like there was a little bit of a, a, a cloud hanging over that organization not too long ago, but I guess that's professional sports. A few quick changes in personnel. Right. Jujar, mm, please retire. Yeah, that was... You don't, you don't want to put your health at risk for the Chicago Blackhawks at this point, bro. Yeah. No, you I, don't. I certainly wouldn't. Go to the did, you, did you see that uh, tweet that Willie, Big Willie Lagason's agent put out? Oh my gosh. It was like, <laughs> I've been really realizing how much the Moneyball thing is like a thing where, where uh, I've been thinking about it a lot because there was this uh, reactionary dickhead on Joe Rogan that was talking about, he was talking about, you know, the great swing of the great arc of like Western rational civilization, blah, 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 blah. And then he was yeah. like, and then, you know, you even, even you look at a, something like Moneyball where it's like, you know, oh, maybe we could actually be more rational in our approach to, to sports and blah, 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 blah. And I realized like one red flag for me personally is if you identify with or aspire to be a protagonist in an Aaron Sorkin penned film or TV show, that's a really, really bad sign. That's like one of the red flag of all red flags. There's like other red flags coming off of that red flag because that basically means you're the type of person who thinks you're smarter than everybody else and they just yeah. got to put up with it. And fuck you, because th that those are the only characters that guy writes. Ultimately, like there's just different versions of that. And I think, like honestly, yeah. But it was funny because the William William Lagason's agent was like posting like, oh, he had his best game of the year of his career in Corsi and Fenwick, and he was quoting all these big stats. And it's like, dude, like, sure, yeah. but you know, one, it's one game, and like two, he's like a he's like a been a bubble defenseman in this organization for a while. Yeah, and it's you know, quite frankly. I still think there's there's years to go before you can really rationalize those advanced hockey analytics. It's like very, very different than just he gets on base. Why do I like this guy? He gets on base. Well, why do you like this hockey player? Well, he when he shoots, he shoots from uh, higher, generally higher danger scoring chances and generally helps his teammates out and generally scores more than expected when you aggregate it over thousands of games and thousands of players. And, yeah. you know, it's just obvious. It's, it's, not, it's not as obvious with hockey. It's a flow game. It's a team game. Totally. There's not, there's not an equivalent of, I like him because he gets on base, you know, yeah. like, like advanced stats are a really good tool. I think, you know, the bigger the sample size, the bigger, the, the trends that you're gathering, the better it is, yes. 
but it's prone to wild swings and wild inaccuracies in small sample sizes. And I thought it was pretty fucking hilarious that Alan Walsh was tweeting out basically like, fuck Dave Tippett. He's a garbage coach. It's a garbage organization because they didn't play Willie Lagos in this game. It's like, okay, sure. Like, do you, what, what do you think the rest of the team or like the organization like thought of that? It was like, what do you think weird. Like, what do you think like Lagerson thought of that? <laughs> was probably like, dude, shut the fuck up. What are you doing? Yeah, of course. Like, I'm yeah. already on a fucking like, <laughs> I'm on the I'm on the cusp of cusps. And I like Lagerson. I mean, I think he's like yeah, a decent depth player. He seems like a character guy. Yeah. I, I love his so nickname, too. Big Willie. You know, uh, but like, yeah. I, I mean, I think he's just pissed because Nemo Lyon, Nemo Lyon's basically like superseded him on the depth chart at this point. But like, well, because Nemo Lyon, yeah, by throwing some big hits, trying to generate and like, exactly. There's yeah. room for Lagason on this team somewhere. But anyway, to you, yeah, of course, he must have been like, what are you doing? Like, what are of you course. doing? Like, yeah. It is funny though. I saw Alan Walsh a clip from him on another podcast where he's talking about how the first advice he got from a professional agent when he was trying to break in was just like, "You got to have balls." And then it was like, "Okay, but like, how do you how do you break in? Like, what do you start?" He's like, "You got to have balls." And he's like, "Oh, okay, but like, where? How do people like? What's the first thing you do to become a player agent?" He's like, "Balls, got to have balls." So I think I think Alan Walsh has like a balls focus ultimately at this oh point, gosh. which. Could have value as a player agent, I would think. But you know, there's also there's also room um, for diplomacy and choosing your words carefully and I mean, navigating a kind of like fluid situations, you know, which which coming in there with your giant balls, you know, sometimes Twitter. works works against on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's the same guy who put that tweet out when Flurry didn't get the yeah. start, right? Which is pretty epic. But it gives people That's, stuff to talk about at least. Yeah, he's not very good at Twitter though. Um so generally, you're not you're not super super concerned. Obviously, no, you said that the record all. is strong still, but they need to get to like 16 and 13 before you're really worried. Before I'm worried at all, and even at that point, I'd probably be like, "Yeah, there's still three games over 500." Like eh, <laughs> at Christmas, you know what I mean? yeah, yeah. I and I think like I still I was watching the game tonight, and I still think that this team in the playoffs in a full building. I do not think they're exiting in the first round. I would be absolutely shocked if that were to happen because I'm a firm believer in unarguable greatness. And I think there's so much of that on the Oilers that it's just going to like propel them very deep into the playoffs and ultimately to the Stanley Cup. It's my opinion. I think like our two best guys are just too good. And the rest of the team were like, and the team has been saying, I mean, it was the best start since like what, 83, 84? Like they've mm. lost three games in a row. But are you telling me like you don't remember what we were witnessing like at the beginning of the season? When the mm-hmm. were like going globetrotters on teams? Number of five goal games was off the charts. I mean, yeah. And also like that's kind of one of the reasons why you have that good start is to give yourself the luxury of not getting too down when these kind of losing streaks happen. Yeah, you know? yeah. And like, I don't know. They'll be fine. I'm not concerned at all. Not like no concern. Zero. How you like our chances against Boston? Think, next one our up. Chances, our chances are great. Like I think our chances are great against like every single team in the league. Mm. Like I've seen our guys like melt teams down to nothing like so many times. 
I'm like, I don't know. Their chances are great. I think like uh, Boston should be asking themselves, like, what do you think our chances are against these guys? Like, how are we gonna, how are we gonna deal with this shit? Maybe they will. Like, maybe they won't. But I think like, if the others can figure it out, um, in the bottom six, just like uh, play a better brand of your game. You know what I mean? Mm, mm. Which to me shouldn't be like just do it. Like, what's the What's the hang-up? Why aren't you guys doing that? Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's it's a little bit of a conundrum for the coaching staff because it's a coaching staff that certainly doesn't shy away from giving players a little bit of room to show and show what they got together as, like, combinations, you know what I mean, as lines yeah. and as pairings. Like, they're not afraid to give guys a little bit of time to build that chemistry. But when the results have been this bad for, for this number of consecutive games in the bottom six, it's like how many time, how many different ways can you put you know, 10 pounds of shit in a five pound bag. Ultimately, it's not that many. Injection. It is time for an injection. They need to inject everyone with yeah. B12 or something. It's time for an injection. It's time break for an out, injection. break out the needles. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, check to make sure there's no air in there and then just go. That's all they got to do. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else for the children before we uh, tuck them into their uh, beds and wish them a good night? No, just like uh, don't panic. Like the record is still great. Life is still giving you pictures upon pictures of lemonade. Would you like more lemonade? Mm. Would you like more lemonade? That's what I ask myself every morning when I wake up. More lemonade for me to drink? Life is giving me so much lemonade. So, you know, just keep drinking that lemonade, mm. enjoying your life, enjoying the holiday season looking forward to games everything's wonderful wonderful yeah. right you know definitely still looking forward to the games i mean and even even through this tough time i'm still enjoying watching more than gen more than more than average no question You're watching the two best players on the face of the earth ply their trade you know yeah. what i mean and a team that's a threat to score much more than the recent past throughout the entire Gosh. lineup ultimately not just score, score spectacular goals that you'll never see again for the rest of your life. Yeah. The quality in such uh, so regularly as you do watching this team. Yeah, I mean, even even in the third, they they weren't they weren't getting like boatloads of chances, but they definitely had some five yeah. five star chances, no question. All right. Well, I'm not going to get too down. I'm going to cry, cry myself to sleep on an unrelated matter, but I'll, I'll segregate all of my other thoughts and make sure I push them way, 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 way down, down my legs, down past my toes until I'm almost walking on them and I'll smile no, and boys will like me I'm saying, and happiness will follow. I'm not saying to push them down. I'm saying you can just let them go. You don't need to push them down. That's not what I'm suggesting. Uh, just let them go. Mm. it's like yeah you're feeding the beast right now is what you're doing you know that's probably I mean? true yeah you're feeding the true. monster it's biscuits your dread biscuits and the mm. monsters you know just stop feeding that thing you don't need why do you have dread biscuits at your house right now you don't have a monster there's no monster after you it's really wise advice this time of year i appreciate that yeah, you're welcome. um all right brother well i'll check in with you really soon um to all the listeners out there thank you for listening thank you for feeling Thank you for smelling. Thank you for everything you do for this podcast. Please share it widely with your friends, your enemies, your neighbors. Write reviews on iTunes, on Google, on your apartment walls. Scribble it in really large font for everyone to read. And remember, 
We get extra points for those reviews written in any of the ancient lost languages, such as Sumerian, Babylonian. <laughs> Have a nice night, brother. I'll uh, text you tomorrow and uh, we'll go from there. Have a nice night. <laughs> okay. I'll see you later. Bye.